Alright, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow trash talkers. Whatever time you are tuning in today, I'm glad to have you on board once again. You're listening to Trash Talk with Dave Bork, and I'm your host, Dave Bork. It is Wednesday, the 20th of December, 2023, and we are only five days away from Christmas. <laughs> Christmas Day being that the NFL is playing on week 16. <laughs> <laughs> sure that'll make a lot of people very very happy as always we're going to run through some week 15 action that just passed us best of the best we are going to be hitting on a few big name teams that are still riding high as well as our time to take out the trash we're also going to hit on our question time at always at trash talk with deep Hawk there on instagram and tiktok as always keep sending those through loving every question that comes on through as well as our best bets and a little recap from last week's best bets as well a few fun reels few bad beats as always so why don't we get this thing started with our best the best of week 15 and how can we not start with sam laporta and the detroit lions this big fella maybe He's going to be one of the best tight ends in the league. There's no doubt at that. 56 yards for three touchdowns in a 42-17 defeat against the Denver Broncos. They just put it on them, and they needed that one badly, the Lions. It keeps them in touch with the two-seed as well at the same time. Probably going to be a little bit difficult with the run that they have, but at worst, they're probably going to be a three-seed unless they lose out and Minnesota win out. So it's about the only way they lose that division, but you'd like to think they're going to win at the very least one of those games. Detroit finish against the Minnesota Vikings this week at Minnesota. It's going to be a, a great game. Mini with a with a very tough loss at Cincinnati over the last week. Then travel to Dallas, which is going to be a huge, huge matchup, especially if both of those teams win this week. That matchup is almost for the two seed, you'd think. And then finish again against the Minnesota Vikings. So two of their last three games against the Vikings especially for a team who's who's vying for that playoff spot or also could be vying for that division title. Uh, Minnesota in their own rights, again, like we said, with a tough loss against the Cincinnati Bengals, they finish against Detroit, then play Green Bay, then at Detroit to finish the season. So that's a tough run for them, tough run, I guess, for both teams, but it's going to be a very, very exciting finish. But from what we saw out of the Lions, we've mentioned it before, they are so much better inside a dome, especially at home, uh, which... It just brings home that this team needs to win this division because they're going to be so, so tough to beat at home in the first week of the playoffs. You know, they're, they're probably going to get someone potentially like the LA Rams, so a little uh, Matty Stafford rematch for for the Lions hosting hosting a playoff game, which would be super exciting. And, but just for the for the fans of the Lions, they, they need this right now and they needed that victory over the weekend against the Denver Broncos and they got themselves a big one courtesy of their big man, Sam Laporta. And I know they were big on him around draft time. A lot of people probably thought it was going to be, you know, Michael Mayo who was still there. No, nah, they went with Big Laporta, and for good reason. He has been huge for this team. By far, probably their second best receiver outside of Amonra St. Brown. So, well played to them and to the entire Lions staff for drafting this big fella, because I'm sure he's been a fantasy football darling for a lot of those fantasy football lovers out there this season. Why don't we move on to another team who is streaking into the playoffs right about now, the way they're playing footy. Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. 34-20 victory at Green Bay. He was phenomenal. He really was, Baker. 22-28 for 381 yards and four touchdowns. 
he's just so good. They're in the box seat now to win this NFC South, and if you look at it a couple of weeks ago, you're like, oh, it'll be the Atlanta Falcons. They'll walk into this. Don't get me started with Artie Smith. Don't get me started there. The Buccaneers are now 7-7, seven and seven, and their run home's pretty cruisy, I guess, with the way that things are playing out for all the teams left that they've got. They play Jacksonville this week at home, which is a huge matchup. I think a lot of people would have thought that the Jags would have had this easily won, but the way that Baker has got this offense going, they obviously continue to rely on that run game as well with Rashad White. He went for 89 rushing yards, 50 receiving yards, and one touchdown there. He's playing some great, great footy over the last few weeks. He really is. And, you know, when you've got receivers like Chris Godwin, 155 yards, Mike Evans, again, balled out like this. They're, they're an experienced team with somewhat of an experienced quarterback now who is looking to win them that NFC South title, a position that they probably didn't think they were going to be in this year. I think there was always a lot of chat of, oh, it's all right, we'll, be, we'll bring Baker in this year. We'll go ahead and draft, you know, Drake May or Caleb Williams. Nah, Baker could be a guy. He really could. Especially if they find a way to win this division. Maybe they maybe they feel they'll, they'll go with him for the next few years after this. As long as they can continue to have these pieces around him, you know, with Godwin, Evans, Rashad White, there's every chance that in a pretty weak division, if they win it this year, it gives them the confidence to go again next year and, and kind of build around what they've what they've got from this season. So huge, huge win for them at Green Bay. If you look at, I guess, their now main rivals, who is also 7-7 seven and seven with the New Orleans Saints, they've got a massive matchup this week at the LA Rams, then go to Tampa Bay the following week and finish with Atlanta. So... You'd think if both teams, let's 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 say both teams do actually lose this week, that match up next week is almost like both both of their Super Bowls really, because that that match up will decide who actually goes through to the playoffs and wins that division. Because you'd like to think that Tampa Bay are probably going to beat Carolina and Bryce Young, although <laughs> they found a way to win this week, didn't they? <laughs> they did. So yeah. It's going to be a big, big-time finish for the NFC South and just an enormous, enormous matchup with the Jags this week. And I think Baker Mayfield and Tampa Bay will be riding high, especially the way that Trevor Lawrence is looking after the footy at the moment for Jacksonville. They've kind of dropped off a little bit. They can, you know, obviously put up points, but their defense has been awful over the last few weeks. So if Baker's going to be diamond out like that in Green Bay, you'd like to think he's going to... Do it all over again at home against the Jags. It's a, it's a massive matchup. Should be a fun one to watch for sure. Should. Speaking of elite right now, Christian McCaffrey is by far the best player in the league. Should win MVP. He won't. He'll win Offensive Player of the Year. Whatever. We've spoke about that before. 115 rushing yards for one touchdown as well as 72 receiving yards for two touchdowns in a 45-29 to victory at the Arizona Cardinals. It sets up a huge matchup for the San Francisco 49ers against the Baltimore Ravens, both one seeds playing off against each other. And if San Fran managed to win this game, that just about locks up the one seed in the NFC and probably the overall NFL at this rate right now. They are playing some incredible, incredible football. They really are fun to watch. I think a lot of us have spoke about in the past how Brock Purdy is a you know great game manager in terms of the guys that he's got on his team. Just needs to really just distribute and let them go to work with McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle and Ayuk. But you take CMC, I think, out of this team and you don't get that same production as an offense because he is the best player in the league by far. 
by far. And like I said, as long as this team stays healthy, they will win the Super Bowl. Purdy went down injured last year at Philadelphia. It's probably about the only reason why they didn't go through the Super Bowl as good as Philly were last season. This San Fran team was just as good, and they are by far and away a lot better this year. <laughs> they are, especially with the additions that they've they've got on the defensive side of the ball with Chase Young coming in there now too. So they're they're such a good they're such a good team. It's going to be a cracking game against the Baltimore Ravens, but you just like to think the San Fran match up really really well with them. They're going to try and force Lamar into passing the ball given how good their run defense is. And Lamar could have some success with the likes of you know Isaiah Likely and, and OBJ with probably the one weakness this year in San Fran's team in their secondary, realistically. So either way, it's going to be a, a, a great, great contest on our Boxing Day, watching that one for the number one seed. Speaking of a team who's motoring right now, the Buffalo Bills, and I did not think we'd be saying that about a month ago when they lost to the Denver Broncos. They are humming. And this man did not get a game ball after the game against the Dallas Cowboys, which made no sense, but James Cook was on fire. He rushed for 179 yards and one touchdown, as well as 42 receiving yards and another touchdown in a 31-10 route against, here we go, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. And guess what? The Buffalo Bills are still a chance to win the division. (laughs) It seems crazy, I know. But they're run home. They've got the Chargers this week, just prior to Christmas, in LA. Then play the New England Patriots at home. And then finish with the Miami Dolphins in Miami. So Miami at the moment are currently two wins ahead of this Buffalo Bills team. But if you look at Miami's run, they play the Dallas Cowboys at home this week. And that is a huge, huge contest. It really is. Then travel to Baltimore in the second week. And that could realistically be to wrap up the number one seed for the Ravens. So they will be all in on that. And then, like we said, finish up against the Buffalo Bills. Every chance that's going to be the Sunday night football matchup, especially if it is to win the division. And you're probably going to be favoring the Buffalo Bills. You really are, just the way just the way that they're playing and, and being able to run the ball like that with James Cook, it almost it gives them another weapon now. Outside the likes of Josh Allen also being able to run the ball and Stefan Diggs on the outside, Gabe Davis, Kincaid, Dawson Knox when he comes back. I mean, they have a lot of weapons and their defense is now starting to play a lot better. They were getting lit up in that middle part of the season, but now they've really, they've improved on that side of the ball. And it's just an enormous, enormous couple of weeks coming up for both these teams in the AFC East to win out. And, you know, the Bills, if they get the number two seed all of a sudden, you know, if the Chiefs manage to drop one of their last three, hell of a finish from them. (laughs) Because if you look at Baltimore's run home now in terms of locking up the one seed, they obviously play at the Niners this week, then play Miami, like we said, which is going to be a huge matchup in two weeks, and finish against the Steelers. So you'd like to think the Ravens are going to have enough to probably win at least two. We'll say they win two of those last three to lock up the one seed, but the two seed or three seed is still in place, and that divisional title for the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East if the Dolphins manage to drop this one to the Dallas Cowboys. So that one's going to be one to watch this weekend. Last but not least in our best of the best, an honorable mention, I guess, to this guy. He didn't play super well all game long, but that last drive was incredible from Drew Locke in a 20-17 upset victory against the Philadelphia Eagles. He went 22-33 for 208 and one touchdown. 
obviously numbers don't really jump out of the chart, but he, he looked after the pill, and that's all you really need to do, especially for a backup quarterback who only really got an ounce as a starter, probably 10 minutes out from the game. So really, really impressive there. Game-winning touchdown to Jackson Smith and Jigba with 28 seconds left, and just gives Seattle now a chance to, to make the playoffs. You know, they, they'd lost three straight going into that game. They were sliding, especially with the injury to Geno Smith. But now, you know, it, it gives this team a shot. It really does. They're in a tough division with the likes of the Niners, the Rams as well. But their run home is cruisy. It really is. They play at Tennessee. Unfortunately, you'd like to favor Seattle there. Then play the Pittsburgh Steelers and then away to Arizona. So you like to think that the Seattle Seahawks are going to finish 3-0 for the year. They really are. And that would give them a 10-7 overall record there and they're chasing teams who are you know obviously currently seven and seven that is their record right now so yeah you'd like to think that's going to be good enough for the Seahawks to make the finals as long as they don't slip up and lose in Nashville this week Uh, and I've watched enough of my team to know that we're probably going to let our fans down on (laughs) on Christmas day over here so yeah yeah it's going to be it's going to be a tough one but Seattle just have so many weapons, especially their outside receivers with the likes of Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Smith and Jigba. Great running game with Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker. Uh, they're, they're a very good football team who just needs to get it right, and I feel like they will in the last few weeks of the season to to motor into the playoffs and potentially play someone of the likes of, I don't know, maybe Detroit or Tampa Bay in the first week of the finals, and you give them every chance of... Or potentially sneaking in a victory there, for sure. Anyway, that is the best of the best for the week. Why don't we take out some trash? And as always, the pile's pretty big. All right, well, a team who has been in the best of the best for many, many weeks right about now, they start our trash pile this week. They really do. The Dallas Cowboys were horrific outside of Jerry World. Similar to, I guess, what the Lions have been like outside of a dome. They struggled in the elements. They really did. And Buffalo just bullied them. As we talked about before, that you know James Cook in our best of the best, that he just ran all over them. And Dallas just couldn't get anything going. They really couldn't. They looked second rate. Yeah, just, I don't know, after, after all the hype, it was just a... They completely laid an egg in Buffalo. They really did. And this was for a team that was still competing for, I guess, the overall one seed, as well as... A huge, huge division title in the NFC East. And, geez, they were bad. They really were. And now it sets up a massive matchup against the Miami Dolphins on the road this week. They would have been cheering at the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles lost that late one to the Seattle Seahawks to now put them back in a position to to win the division. But Dallas's next two weeks, you know, they got at Miami and then play the Detroit Lions again for a team who's vying for that... 2-3 seed as well so yeah it's going to be a massive couple of weeks for the Cowboys and you'd like to think that they're going to switch it back on against the Miami Dolphins but yeah they didn't do themselves any favor by by playing as bad as they did and the Zach Martin injury is definitely one to watch for this team because they need him healthy I guess if they're going to obviously continue to protect Dak and run the football efficiently as well with Tony Pollard so yeah a bad week to be a Cowboys fan on the road in that one Speaking of horrific performances on the road, 
And I'll put my hand up to say it was a horrific performance from myself to start Zach Wilson in a fantasy football quarterfinal, but my goodness, they were bad against the Miami Dolphins. They really were in perfect conditions. You would have thought Zach, especially how well he played last week against the Houston Texans in awful conditions, would have given them something in that game against the Miami Dolphins, especially a team who was missing multiple members of their secondary with you know the, the way that Zach and Garrett Wilson were were playing over the last couple of weeks you would have thought that you know they were a sniff of actually knocking off the Dolphins especially with Miami losing as bad as they did to the Tennessee Titans the Jets had to come in there ready to go and still I guess with a chance of making the playoffs because of all this talk with Aaron Rodgers potentially coming back now they're just they're dead I mean they're gone they're eliminated from the playoffs it's it's gone Zach Wilson was awful before he suffered a concussion, leaving just prior to halftime in a 30-to-zip defeat in Miami. You know, obviously now the Dolphins are, are riding high into that matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, but not that they looked all that amazing. You know, most of it just did what most of it did. I guess Tua did dime out to Jalen Waddle. They didn't have Tyreek Hill which is another you know, really disappointing showing from, from the New York Jets. And you put a line through them for the 2023 season, and they'd like to hope that Aaron Rodgers is going to be rearing and ready to go for next season because you can't have another another bad year to the New York Jets. You really can't for a fan base who's just starved for success. They really are. So, yeah, very poor showing from them. Speaking of poor and a team who's just completely dropped off a cliff for how well they were playing, after defeating the Kansas City Chiefs, this Green Bay Packers team, my goodness, their rush defense would let me run for about 100 at this point. <laughs> it really would. It's awful. It's so bad. They're giving up close to 140 yards on the ground per game, which is third worst in the league. They've gone from you know a playoff hope and almost a chance to win that division title, given that the Lions were once falling off as well, to almost dead. Unless Aaron Jones can get going, I am very, very worried for this team. You know, they're one game back in the in the wild card hunt. They've got a semi cruisy run home. You know, you would have thought probably prior to last week, going into this week against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina, that this would be just be a surefire home run hitter. They'll be fine. They'll get a win. Can't be that confident about it. Then travel to Minnesota and you know a division rivalry game. That's that's a tough one, especially with how well Minnesota are defending right now. And they've obviously got Justin Jefferson back too, which gives them problems. Let's say they split that and go one-on-one. It's a, it's a potential win-and-in or must-win game against the Chicago Bears to finish the season at home. I guess they've, they've owned the Bears for years, but Chicago's actually playing some really good footy right now. Very unlucky against the Cleveland Browns on the weekend. That's a tough run home. It really is. Maybe Carolina might sell tickets for $1.50 after their win over the last weekend, and they might have some confidence. And who's to say that Chuba Hubbard isn't just going to run for about 100-odd against this Green Bay rush defense this weekend? You'd like to think they're going to stack the box and make Bryce Young beat you, but they've showed nothing that's going to ever stop anyone running through them. It's poor. It really is. Yeah, tough times in Green Bay. Really tough times. Speaking of tough times in the NFC South, I have had enough of Artie Smith. I really have. It's time for him just to just to get fired. Simple as that. We've seen a couple of coaches already this season get fired. There's no reason why Artie should still be on the sidelines right now. No reason whatsoever. He's completely blown. Almost a complete layup 
winning the NFC South this year. It, the division was practically handed to him on a platter. They have so many weapons on that team. They really do. You know, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. Let me just let me say that name to you, Artie, just in case you don't know who he is. Bijan Robinson. He scored 0.4 points in fantasy football this week. And for a lot of people who had him as their running back in quarterfinals, myself included, need to have a word with Artie. Because I remember having a conversation with one of our one of our listeners at Jimmy Moore saying that there's every chance B. John Robinson's going to have a touchdown stolen off him by Cordero Patterson inside the five. Lo and behold... <laughs> They ran a flip play for Cordell. Cordell Patterson just sneak one in over over Bijan. It's just stuff like that that just you, it makes you shake your head. I know Bijan had a had a fumble at one point in the game, but at the same time, Tyler Algier was well and truly outdoing his carries. Like it, it makes no sense, and there's no way that this guy can be on the sidelines again next year. There isn't. I used to love Artie when he was coaching in Tennessee. I really did. He established that run with Derrick Henry. He really did. And now you've been given probably one of the best talents to ever come into the league at the running back position, and you just don't want to use him. That's on you, mate. That's on you. That's how you lose your job. It is. Anyway, that's the trash for this week. Why don't we check out Instagram, TikTok, at Trash Talk with D-Ball. Keep hitting that subscribe button there as well and see what we got for this week. We got a question from... At Bravo underscore whiskey underscore tango. Great handle. <laughs> Bobby, what do you got for me? First time caller, long time listener. What are your thoughts on the increase in season ending injuries in the NFL? Thought it was hashtag all turfgate, but seems to be more than that now. My fantasy players are more questionable than AB's social media posts. Very, very good. Good question too. Very good question. I appreciate you sliding into those DMs for the first time, Mr. Bravo Whiskey Tango. Look, I think there's there's a lot of injuries that go around in the NFL because the NFL is very, very different to, to every other sport where if you look at rugby league, for example, they don't have two sets of two sets of teams going on the field, an offense and a defense. With offensive players having to sit, let's say, for extended periods because their opposition knows that the best chance of them winning the game is to control the ball, especially in colder conditions, it allows players to be sitting on the sideline for a lot longer and they're not doing anything with their body. They're just sitting there. They're not you know, on the exercise bike or, or jogging on the sidelines or whatnot. They're literally just standing around or sitting, waiting to get back on the field. So in doing that in cold conditions, it causes plenty of... I guess muscle stiffness at the end of the day for that, which has caused a lot of Achilles tears or calf injuries or knee injuries for that kind of example because you're just so stiff by the time you actually come back on the field that you make one cut and it's all over. Obviously, bringing up Turfgate again at the same time, MetLife has just continued to end lives again this season. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers at the start of the year and then the Miami Dolphins lost Jalen Phillips just a couple of weeks ago on Black Friday and a lot of the Dolphins players came out at the end of that game and said this you know the turf just needs to change to grass it's the it's an absolute disaster it's the worst worst field in the history of football how many more injuries do you have to have at this field for them to actually consider making the move so it's embarrassing that they haven't really 
there has been a lot of obviously injuries on grass as well at the same time and whether or not it moves to you know the likes of how the EPL kind of run their stuff over there where they're able to just constantly roll in fresh grass or fresh turf every time there's just just so much money in the NFL that you're kind of mad if you don't move to something like that or the fields need to be managed I guess a lot better on grass and on turf I think they've got to move away from turf I think grass is forever going to be the future I think it really needs to be for for player safety more than anything else but I guess outside of turf and grass argument the pace of play has also picked up much more especially in recent years compared to how they used to play you know let's call it 10 to 15 years ago obviously hits were a lot harder back then but they also used to wear a lot more padding back then so players have now somewhat removed a lot of that padding they're obviously still wearing some but they've in terms of having the weight of the pads on your shoulders and the helmets and whatnot if you're wearing less, it'll speed up the pace of play and obviously can create more injuries in the meantime if you do get hit in the wrong areas, shoulders, sternum, you know, legs and whatnot. And I've always said this with the NFL plenty of times that players would rather hit rather than tackle. So <laughs> we had a que- we had actually had a question over the first couple of weeks on this NFL pod that do you see an opportunity for Aussie coaches to go over there and help? 100% I do. Because tackling allows you to control some of these injuries that can happen. You see a lot of players diving into a player's leg you know, head first. You, know, you think about it, that's helmet to leg. You don't see that kind of shit in the NRL. You don't. They wrap. Whereas the NFL is just more about making a hit bumping him off contact and whatnot. Like that that's how these injuries happen to to you know, outside players and whatnot. And the guys in the middle on the inside cop a lot of, you know, knee or ankle injuries because they've got you know, they've got a running back running into in, in into the back of them and they're already blocking the defensive lineman. So their legs are already tightened up on the back foot. So if you get run into on the back of that, that's how you're getting an injury. I don't know how you're gonna stop that. But that it explains how there are so many knee and ankle injuries on the offensive line of that front. So, yeah, it it's a hard one. It really is. There's a lot of injuries in all sports, but I, I really do feel like if you take a lot of the bigger hits outside of the NFL, as much as it's, it's awesome to watch a big hit and whatnot, if you're talking player safety and how we can decrease, I guess, a lot of these injuries and CTE, if you want to, I mean, you only need to look at Antonio Brown and Chandler Jones over the last couple of years, you'd know that these kind of plays will continue to hurt long-term in the NFL and look after the player safety going forward, realistically. So, yeah. I don't I don't have a real answer in terms of you know, turf and field, just given the amount of injuries that have been this year, but I do believe hits rather than tackling are causing a lot of these impact injuries more than anything else. Hope that answers your question, Mr. Bravo Whiskey Tango. Thanks for sending that through. Challenge me on that one. <laughs> Another first-time question from at Bells of the Ball. How long until the New Orleans Saints are back on top? Geez, they had, uh, they had numerous chances to win a Super Bowl, didn't they, with Drew Brees, and they, they blew that. Only won one with him. 
I mean, also a tough one, I guess, if we want to go further back to the infamous non-pass interference that led to the Rams making the Super Bowl over them. That was horrific. I guess all of us were on the Saints that year. I know you being a big Saints fan yourself, that was bad. But if we look at more recent times, the last playoff that the Saints actually made was in 2020 when they got booted by Mr. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who eventually obviously went on to win the Super Bowl. That Saints team was well and truly good enough to win a Super Bowl. They made the wrong call, though. Sean Payton ended up going with his guy, Drew Brees, who you could clearly see was not playing his best footy. And as somewhat bad and good as Jameis Winston is from time to time, he was clearly the play there in that game. He was. Because he played a lot during that season when Breeze missed some games. Played well in that fact. And they brought Breeze back in to finish the season. So that wasn't the right call by them. That, and I believe if they continued with Winston, he goes on to give them more than a shot to win the Super Bowl that year. He really does. But if you look at it now, Derek Carr is clearly, clearly not the guy. He's not. He's awful. He really is. A lot of his, I guess, passing stats are relied upon with checkdowns to Alvin Kamara. So if you look at a box score and you say, oh, damn, Derek Carr threw for 250 and you see the receiving yards of Alvin Kamara going for 100. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, check down Kamara, yards after catch, that kind of stuff. They also don't really have a whole lot of weapons on the outside apart from Chris Olave too. So that's another area that they need to add someone. So you'd really have to have a look at potentially in this next draft, especially if the Saints don't go on to make the playoffs this season. There's still a chance to make it, but if they don't, I really do think you've got to look at drafting someone of the likes of maybe Michael Panix or Quinn Ewers. If he does go into the draft, you can get him in that mid to late first round pick, Bo Nix as well at the same time. I think they're better than Derek Carr. And if it means that you've got to kind of somewhat be on the outside looking in for a couple of years you're in a very weak division that you could still potentially even make the playoffs at a mediocre kind of record so I don't think it's going to be too long until they're somewhat back on top but there's moves that need to be made on the offensive side of the ball defensively they're still pretty good but yeah I'd be making a move at quarterback and adding a receiver or tight end to help out this team move forward Brock Bowers could also be a go if they move up if they're not looking to go quarterback early in this draft next year thank you for your question bells the ball why don't we give our friend jerry a call and see if we can hit some best bets for the week all right let's do our best last week we went one and one in our best bets anyone watched We had the Detroit Lions to cover, which covered easily. The one losing bet, and this one will do my head in for quite some time, the Washington Commanders, LA Rams, over the 49, and they had an extra point, or point after attempt blocked uh, to hit 49. They also, their clock management is something else. They had the ball with 4 minutes 50 on the one-yard line, they scored that touchdown after the two-minute warning. (laughs) Like, just so bad. Anyways, best bets went 1-1 one one there, so 11-12 overall in the season. Our Friday reel saluted on the Las Vegas Raiders LA Chargers game. Sunday, we went 1-1. One and one. On Monday, probably had two of the worst beats of all time with Stefan Diggs, 48 yards, needed 50 from him. 
and Brock Purdy, 250-plus passing yards, and he had 243, and he was benched with eight minutes to go. So that one hurt, went 0-3 there, 9-16 and 16 reels overall in the season now. So why don't we see if we can find a couple of winners for Week 16? Let's start with the Detroit Lions again at Minnesota. We are going to take the over 47 points in that, in that match. As, as good as that Minnesota defense has been, this Lions team is very, very good inside a dome. And if you look at the weapons now that the Vikings also have, with Justin Jefferson back, Ty Chandler, I would play him over Alexander Madison, even if Madison is ready to go. Many have shown that they can score the ball with their offense as well, and Detroit have kind of battled a bit defensively to finish this season, so I'd be going with the over 47 points in that one. Speaking of totals, let's hit on Dallas and Miami over 51. As long as the weather is clear and Mr. Tyreek Hill is back, there's no doubt that this total could hit 60 or 70. I don't think Dallas are going to be that bad again. Granted, you know, the elements were poor for them. If it is a clear sunny day with... Tyreek Hill back in this lineup. We are going to see some good, good footy. And there's a key matchup in a certain burger bowl that features uh, Dak Prescott and <laughs> Tua Tungabalala. So that's going to be a good one to watch. Last but not least, this matchup is before Christmas Day. The Buffalo Bills minus 11.5 at the LA Chargers. A lot of people are saying, oh, I don't know if Buffalo are going to be focused after such a big win. This team sees the AFC East still in their sight. They need to blow the charges out of the park, especially after firing Brandon Staley, and get their boys in cotton wool to finish this game. Get up three or four touchdowns, whatever you got to do. Rest your boys late in games because you've got a couple of big weeks coming up after that to potentially win that division. They control their own destiny. Take care of business. Destroy the LA Chargers like you should. And if you want to go on to win that AFC and at the moment, there's plus 700 or $8 about the Bills to win the AFC. And again, we've said it before that I thought they were dead a month ago. They're now playing some great footy and they're a chance to win that division. And they're a team that isn't worried about where they finish. As long as they get in, they feel like they are good enough to win from anywhere. So jump on board that if you want to. Anyway, that is it for the week. Plenty, plenty to talk about as always. We are hitting... The most important part of the season. What a last few weeks we have coming up. Can't wait to watch. My Tennessee Titans are eliminated, so I guess I can watch stress-free for now, right? (laughs) Can't wait for week 16. I hope everyone has an amazing finish to the week. I hope you all have an amazing Christmas day with your family and friends. I can't wait to talk to you again next week before New Year's and 2023 wraps on up. As always, this has been Trash Talk with D-Bork. I am out of here. Enjoy, everyone. Merry Christmas.